Hello and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with friends and family about movies that we love. So today we have a special guest. We have a very special movie that I know is nostalgic for lots of listeners. So I will let Eleanor introduce. Okay, so the movie we are talking about is the original Pixar feature film, Toy Story and Our Destiny, Ryan Martin. Ryan, I'm not going to lie, I know next to nothing about you, so tell us about yourself. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm from, from Chicago. Chicago. Uh, Woo! Yeah, um, I don't know, not, not much, much to say. say. Uh, <laughs> I just really, I like movies, and I... Love like, like all, all the, the trivia about movies, and I've listened, listened to a ton, ton of movie podcasts, podcasts and I've listened, listened to quite a few yours. So I'm very excited to be here. Oh, good! That's more than I can say. No, that's <laughs> truthfully, I don't listen to movie podcasts, so I'm that bad one. Sorry, Sorry. Um, but it's there's movies are so fun to talk about. So to start with, we um, we've switched up our format just a little bit. We do something that we call speed friending. And we're just going to ask you a couple questions and then um, just to get to know you a little bit more. So, first of all, what was the best part of your day today? Um, I, I took, took the morning, morning off and I went to see, see The Incredibles 2, so that was, was pretty exciting. Super Pixar. Yeah, yes. that's a great way to start the day. I really enjoyed that movie. We'll talk about it later. Okay, what's your favorite day of the week? Uh, I, I like, like Wednesdays, Wednesdays because, because that's, that's when, when I, I do trivia with friends. Oh, good. I love that. I did trivia every Tuesday that I lived in Boston, um, and it was like the highlight of my week, too. It's changed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Do you guys really win? Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, we're pretty decent. Where do you guys play? Racing plumbing. So, so fun. fun. Okay. okay. Yes. That's, That's a great, great Notre Dame bar. Right. right. <laughs> um, what, what is, is your dream, dream travel destination? destination? Ooh. Um, I've, I've been, been really into, like, Spain and Portugal recently, and I think that's, like, the next place I want to visit. That's fair. They seem beautiful. Eleanor and I are, like, talking about doing part of the Camino, so we're looking at Spain and Portugal, too. Oh, they do. It sounds so exotic. Okay, and our last one. Um, if you had to choose Emma Watson or Emma Thompson, ooh, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go, go Emma Thompson. Thompson. Why? Um, that sounded very judgmental. But, but like, like, I mean, yeah. I just feel yeah. like Emma Watson. She's, she's just like buzzy, buzy now, you know. You know? So, so I'm, I'm just interested. interested. Well. well yeah, yeah, don't, don't sleep, sleep on Emma Thompson. Thompson. She's an <laughs> Oscar winner, a great, great screenwriter. Um, she's, she's a great, great Mrs. Potts. Potts. <laughs> what, what did she write? Uh, Sense and Sensibility she wrote, and I'm pretty sure she did Bridget Jones' Baby and a bunch of other movies. Wait, stop. She did not. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so my mind is like kind of blown right now, now but I love it. Because I do, I do love, love Emma Thompson. Okay, so... Let's jump into talking about this movie, Toy Story. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis? And you can just decide how in-depth you want your synopsis to be. People have given us 
Sujo, no, not Sujoku. That is so wrong. I stopped teaching and I learn, I forget everything. Um, they People have done it in like haiku or in like one sentence or people have talked about it for like 20 minutes. So <laughs> pick your poison, a synopsis for Toy Story. Okay, um, I don't have a haiku, haiku prepared. prepared. <laughs> a, a quick, quick little, little short description. description. Uh, basically, Andy is the main character, and he has a group of toys in his room that come to life when he's not there. And this is the first Pixar film, and it really deals with like adult messages and themes, like identity crisis and jealousy and becoming like replaced or irrelevant so it's a fun children's movie but through the adventures of the toys we get to question pretty much everything about ourselves as well oh my gosh that was so deep but yes you're right um okay so let's jump into talking about this movie i I love this movie. I think that a lot of people our age, it was, you know, released in 95. It's the first Pixar movie. Um, and I feel like we're all kind of nostalgic for it. And we have like these lines that we always say, like, I feel like to infinity and beyond has its like own space in the English language. <laughs> Almost, you know, like there are times when people say it and everyone knows what it means. So what do you, what specific lines or characters or like little things from this movie stick out to you? Um, well, well, I have not, not rewatched the original one, the first Toy Story in a long time. So when, when I did it, like preparing, preparing for this, I was, I was noticing a lot of things that I kind of forgot about, about just like, um, what really sticks out for me is all the care they do in every scene and everything they think about. So, like, I like the hidden messages. Like, in Sid's house, you could see the, like, the wallpaper and the carpet and are based on the, like, overlook hotel design from The Shining to, like, kind of set you in the mood for, like, scary things. And then, like, when Woody's giving a speech, there's a bookshelf in the background, and you can realize that, like, all the book titles are old Pixar short films. And like, wow. I just, all of that stuff really stands out to me. Like, the subtleties I really appreciate. Okay, so I didn't know any of those things. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what other, like, little gems do you have? That's so fascinating. Share us gems. <clears throat> well, it's just like, pretty much any time there's a label or something behind it, like, all the license plates are like the. I think it's, it's like, like the room numbers of the offices at Pixar, or that, that like you see a toolbox that like Woody gets trapped, trapped under. It's, it's Binford Tools, which is Tim Allen, the voice of Buzz Lightyear. That's his tool company, uh, Home Improvement. So like, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much, much anything has been, been thought out and planned, and nothing is just there by happenstance. Okay. That's fascinating, and my mind is blown. But it also doesn't surprise me, because when we look at, like, Pixar films, I feel like they are done very intentionally. Um, and even, like, a Pixar film like Cars, which we have mentioned on this podcast before but have not talked about, um, I feel like every even, like, little sign in Cars has, again, like what you're talking about, like, tons of meaning. Um, but that, wait... Frozen isn't Pixar, is it? No, no. Frozen is Disney animation. So, what were the the most recent Pixar movies? Incredibles, Incredibles two. two. 
Coco. Yeah, yeah Coco, Coco, Finding, Finding Dory, and Cars 3. So they have a lot of wins and a lot of misses, is what I'm hearing. Really, you know, in terms of the critical consumption of Pixar, it's really only Cars 2 and Cars 3. The kind of plays that received bad press. I guess the grade was not success it was supposed to be. Um, if you remember the movie about the Scottish princess, it was the first Pixar movie with the female protagonist. Um, I mean, other than Monsters Inc., but she was like a toddler and didn't speak. Um, I also don't like Monsters Inc. or Monster University was not an acclaimed success either. So. Right, but, but sorry. No, no, no. It's, even even when, when, like, the, the critics, critics don't like them, Cars 2 and 3 still made a ton of money, and it's more like those kind of things just like straight, straight children's films. Whereas, <laughs> like, like, The Incredibles and the Toy Story, the crossover appeal, which kind of, like, they get everyone involved. And they don't, but the reason they made so much money is less because of the box office itself and more because of all the residual strong toys and lunch boxes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made so much money. So in the world of Toy Story, um, so we currently have three Toy Story films. So the fourth is an introduction for release in 2019. That's crazy. Do you have a favorite Toy Story? Is it a Toy Story? Or um, explain that to us. Um, I always, like, like for trilogies, I always kind of like the first and the third are my favorites. I like beginning and closing chapters. But Toy Story 3, I, came, I think, came out for us at, like, the perfect time. When we were like, in college and growing up and trying to, like, yeah, yeah, just, just set, set things, things in the past, past and kind of move on into our, like, adult lives. And, yeah, yeah Toy, Toy Story 3 is by far my favorite, favorite and it, like, like really, really stands out. out. Like, yeah. yeah. I have to say that that movie, like, gutted me. And I, I 100% agree with you that I think that they played really well to the to the kids that they had at the time, like, when they first made Toy Story and kind of, like, locked us in and really got us. And then in college, they released this movie that's like, and now you're grown and you have to say goodbye to your toys, but you can still be, like, a good person. And I I saw this movie. I was abroad, and I left the movie theater just, like, sobbing. And I'm in the middle of this, like, Indian street and just crying my eyes out. I'm like, everyone around me must be like, what is this weird white girl doing? Because she's just crying. But there was so much emotion in saying goodbye at what we at that time what we thought was like the end of the film series but also kind of like that closing chapter of our childhoods like it was similar to the last Harry Potter movie for me like the similar experiences where it was like oh my gosh this is done now like but Toy Story's not done (laughs) um how do you guys feel about them doing doing a fourth fourth movie? movie I find how Tom Hanks wants to spend his time, if I'm really honest. Uh, I think he's making a series of really interesting choices. And I find this is becoming more the case with both male and female actors in Los Angeles and in Hollywood. After they turn 60, they're much more experimental in the ways that they would not have been in their 50s. Um, I think that's super fun. Uh, 
sure that it will be what Toy Story 3 was for me. I just, I can't imagine that. I completely agree with that and I was kind of bummed at first I thought Toy Story 3 was such a good like closing chapter and kind of like a cap on it, but then I realized that like Andy's not going to be in the next one and this is like Bonnie and the girl who took toys over it's kind of like her story now and I think, I think like, like Toy Story might be over for us, but this is now for the next generation and kids and kind of starting something else for them, which I'm happy about for them. So that was a really beautiful way of describing that. And I too hope it will be good for the children's. Um, but okay, so talking back about the original one and kind of where they got us, I think for me, this movie was so incredible because I don't think there's one child who doesn't on some level imagine that when they leave the room that their toys come alive like I think that's universally and maybe that's like an American thing and like even in certain you know social circles but I'm I wonder too if nowadays when toys are so much in kids hands and like it meaning like on a cell phone or an iPad or whatever if like that kind of sense of imagination is being lost too um because they're not necessarily, like, playing with a toy cowboy and putting it down. They're, like, making the cowboy dance across the screen on an iPhone, you know? So I just, I'm, like, interested to see what, like, how that change is going to, I don't know, appear in the movie. It's going to be weird. Okay, so thinking more about the original Toy Story, the Be Bo Peep. Pixar wanted Barbie to be the role, 
but, but Mattel didn't want Barbie, Barbie in it because one, they, they thought the movie was going to be a failure, and two, they didn't want Barbie getting like a defined personality. They still wanted kids to like make up their own personality and use their imagination. But then they, I guess, threw away that like logic when they signed that for Toy Story too. emotional but okay here's the thing what's kind of sad about that is toy story 2 isn't even really that good like i'm just gonna put it out there I I mean, it, yeah it's just deep toy, toy story 2 has like one of the most heart like wrenching scenes when they, they play, play like the when, when she loved, loved me sarah mclaughlin song <laughs> And, and yeah, yeah. And you learn about, about like Jesse's backstory. backstory. That's, that's like that's up, up there in like top five like heart wrenching moments for me. Do you include the first twenty minutes of Up in there somewhere? Yes, that, that doesn't, doesn't uh, like have, have yeah, as much of an impact, impact on me as like, like the, the Toy, Toy Story, Story two stuff. stuff but, but obviously, yes. <laughs> that is so fascinating. I guess I just like never emotionally connected with Toy Story two, and I'm I'm not sure if it was like. You know how at that point you were kind of like watching them at different times, like all those movies were coming out. So like maybe I just like wasn't paying attention, but like that movie just like never did it for me. Toy Story 1, sure. But yeah. Wait, so no. Do we see Sid as a grown-up in Toy Story 3? Now I can't remember. You, you see him as a brief, brief cameo. cameo. He's the, the garbage, garbage man. man. But that's all you see. see. Yeah. That kind of makes me sad for garbage men. I had to talk about this with my students a lot because they like would frequently bring it up. They'd be like, do garbage men really get paid well? And I'd like be like, yeah, they actually do. <laughs> like in terms of employment, it's not a bad job. Um, 
And it's kind of sad. I mean, and I understand why, but like perpetuating those kind of ideas about service jobs or like public service jobs in this sense. That is fascinating. I couldn't remember if we saw him or not. Oh, it's a great movie. Toy Story 3 and the original Toy Story. So, okay, you, you said that Rex was your favorite character. What's, like, one line from Rex that you remember? Is he, he doesn't say I have little arms, does he? That doesn't come from this movie. I don't, I don't think, think so, so, but, like, like he, has he has a lot, lot of physical humor with his arms. Like, in the, the first one, they're doing, like, that, like, Buzz has, like, a montage scene where he's, like, improving all the toys' lives, and they show him working out. And, like, Rex with his tiny arms, like, can't, like, pick up. The, the way it's just like, like the way, way he's struggling, struggling is very funny. funny. I just, I just like, like his like physical humor. And I'm so I have like the IMDb page pulled up, and I wouldn't even know his name. But Wallace Shawn does have like a very distinctive voice. Like he can't be anyone else. It's like Ellen Jenner being Dory. Yes. Specific. Okay, Eleanor, maybe you can answer this for me. So I'm looking at their cast list, and it's a pretty impressive cast, right? Because you have Tom Hanks, who's kind of at the top of his game in 95, and Tim Allen and whatever. How did Pixar get them all to sign on for a movie when it was, like, their first go at producing? But, okay, so you also have to take into consideration that the first movie to really use um, kind of celebrity voice acting really fascinating and I think it would be a very different movie because I Tom Hanks and Tim Allen even though you don't see them in these roles I feel like they're kind of known for them and like their voices are so iconic also, also I, feel I feel like, like Woody, Woody 
is kind, kind of a jerk, jerk sometimes, and, and we didn't have, like, Tom Hanks, who's so likable, like, because, because he's, like, like the male equivalent, equivalent of, like, America's, America's sweetheart for everyone, we, like, like give, give him more leeway, leeway in this. I would 100% agree. Okay. Oh, gosh. This movie is so good. And there are so many different layers. I do love um, how they took so many classic toys, too. Like, again, kind of looking back at our childhoods, like, everyone would have had a Barbie. Everyone would have had, like, some sort of... Or at least a little boy probably would have had, like, a cowboy. Like, you know, a little bull peep, Mr. Potato Head. Like, all of those elements they played really well with. And I, Eleanor, maybe again, you know this, Did were a lot of the people who were doing the writing and, like, drawing on this, were they parents of, like, young kids? Some of them were, but uh, to be honest, a lot were just, like, young. Mostly men, young men, were computer science people. That's fascinating. Because they do a pretty good job. Like, I would have imagined that they had... I guess what I'm thinking is, like, I would have loved to have been at some of their early... Um, what are those things called? When you show a movie to, like, a group of people and ask them for reactions? It's like a screen? Yes. Haley, so good. Focus groups. Like, I wonder if they did them with kids. I don't remember the exact process. I know, I know that they, they were super secretive, so like, like the, the first, like, like the first, first test, test audiences who got, got to see the movie had to sign like non-disclosure acts, and like they weren't even allowed to know what movie it was until after they signed it. Like everyone went there thinking they were going to see Operation Dumbo Drop, I think, and then after they signed the agreement, got to see Toy Story. Dumbo Cop. Oh my gosh, so interesting. Okay. So, as we begin to wrap up here, we need to talk about the lasting legacy of this movie. Toy Story. What's its place in the greater lexicon of children's movies? And what can we still learn from it today? I think the most important legacy that this film has is establishing Pixar as the voice in... Uh, children's entertainment that is story-driven and intentionally appealing to both child and adult audiences um, in terms of story. So, like, this was what this was a story that John Lasseter had wanted to tell like, from when he was a child. This story in particular, and everything else, is was really just secondary to it. I think it's interesting to reflect on now, especially as he steps away from Disney at the end of this year and is replaced by Pete Doctor at Pixar and Jennifer Lee at Disney Animation. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So that's for me. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally, totally agree with that. that. And I also, yeah, yeah. totally agree with that. that it, it appeals to both, like, the children and adults and had people take quote-unquote children's or animated movies seriously. And that's why it became, like, the first animated movie to be nominated for, like, the best original screenplay Oscar. So it would really, like, yeah, help people feel more seriously. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, okay, so I like Pixar as um, a company, but also like this movie has so much to do with that. I love movies that, and especially children's movies that don't assume children are dumb and don't like play into like kind of silly jokes and like I don't know our family um growing up we were never really into fart jokes I think that's because my mom like did not want us watching movies that she considered were crass but so I think I like grew up with like really appreciating movies that um like went for more in terms of getting kids to laugh and I think that Pixar in general but this movie especially kind of does that like they actually yes there's like physical humor and there's like situational humor but there's also like wordplay and like the the characters themselves are just funny and and so I don't know I think that that is really nice to have in a children's movie too and um again like anytime I watch especially the end of Toy Story 3 it just like makes me cry like I have a very emotional reaction to it so um I think kids today should watch this movie. I don't know that they'd find it particularly interesting, and I'm not sure if they would connect with it in the same way because they, a lot of them, don't play with kind of physical toys like we did. Um, and maybe in that sense it's kind of dated. But it'll be interesting to see in Toy Story 3, like, again, how they kind Toy of... Toy Story 4. Ah, I'm sorry, Toy Story 4, how they kind of, like, rework some of that in. Um... But anyway, okay, as we close, we always like to end with asking what your favorite pop culture thing of the week is. Okay, okay. Um, have you guys, you guys watched, watched the Netflix, Netflix movie, movie Set It Up? Yes! yes. <laughs> okay, that's been <laughs> my current obsession for like, like the past, past week. Um, because Agreed, I've seen it like four and a half times. Right, I, I love, love like a cheesy, cheesy rom-com, rom-com movie, movie and... Also, I feel, I feel like, like everyone, everyone I talk to this weekend has also watched it. So, so like, mm-hmm. I just have something that everyone kind of, that people do around the same time. So I've had conversations at, like, six different parties this weekend purely about that movie. Well, and also Glenn Powell is adorable and enthusiastic in a way that, like, no one is nowadays. It's so great. Um, it was excellent. I mean, I'll watch that movie right now. Um, <laughs> For me, like, there was a really great article this week in the Atlantic and about the Pixar's movie Coco. So I think that's also really important. And it talks about how the movie Coco particularly appeals to people in their 20s and 30s and describes both well, like the pain and the beauty that come across borders. Um, how the movie is so relevant in a way that we wouldn't have expected, and then we wouldn't want to do the case normally um, because of everything happening on the current US border. And I thought it was just like a really well-written piece. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this is going to make me seem really dumb, and like, please don't judge me, Ryan or our listeners, uh, Eleanor knows this, but last week, I'm it, like, I'm a teacher, it's summer, it's kind of like fun time. Um, and I just like for kicks decided to start reading Fifty Shades of Grey and I've been surprised at how entertaining I find it. Like the writing is horrible, but it's just kind of interesting. I've never read anything like it before. Like I never was really into, I guess, soft porn in terms of reading, but, um, Oh my gosh, and all my former students who listen to this are going to be like, what? But I don't know. I've been finding it kind of an interesting read. So that's mine. I'm like, what? How? It came out in 2011. 
I think. So I'm like seven years behind, but it's fine. But she's been really hard. Well, I also really wanted to read it so that I could um, watch the movie Book Club and like more fully understand what those women are going through. I was, I was going to ask, ask if you're going to see Book, Book Club, Club now, now that, that you're reading, reading it. it. I really want to. I really, really want to. Anyway, well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I know we talked about this for a long time now, so I'm so glad it finally happened. Um, listeners, you can find us everywhere. Eleanor is better at listing all the places. <laughs> sure. And Ryan, we'll have to get back to discuss Boy Story 4 for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. When does it come out? 2019. Oh, okay. We've got some time.